You're listening to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast, the podcast for quick, actionable ideas and tips to help you up your confidence and joy in educating little learners. I'm your host, Ashley Rives. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast. This is episode nine, STEM and Preschoolers, the why. Raise your hand if you do STEM challenges with your preschoolers. I know I'm raising mine. You know, some wonder if STEM is too complicated for young children, but really when it comes down to it, STEM promotes out-of-the-box thinking, which is something we want even our youngest children to be able to do. But if you're not on this STEM wagon yet and you need some more information on why this is important for our preschoolers, then you're in the right place because that is what this episode is all about. STEM is definitely a buzzword in the education space. The reason being because there is a lack of people going to school for and getting trained in STEM-related jobs. So this naturally created a new area for us to focus on in the classroom to encourage those type of jobs later on. And while the main reasoning sounds good enough for educators to take some time to focus on STEM, that's not why it's important to me and my preschoolers. Actually, one could argue that in the early childhood space, we have been doing STEM-like activities for many, many moons. And so it's no surprise to us that this is a super important area for students. The biggest why I have in providing STEM opportunities for my students is intellectual learning. Lillian Katz, who is an awesome early education trailblazer, wrote about the difference between academic learning and intellectual learning in an article called Lively Minds. I'll link to the article in the show notes so that you can read it yourself, but in it, she explains the differences between academic learning and intellectual learning. She explains academic learning as those things that we learn by memorization, drills, and practice. Academic learning focuses on one correct answer, So for example, learning the names and sounds of letters, identifying shapes, saying the alphabet song, or name writing, there's only truly one right way to do it. In contrast, Lillian explains intellectual learning as learning that addresses the life of the mind in its fullest sense. I'll say that again, addresses the life of the mind in its fullest sense. So the type of skills used during intellectual learning are skills like reasoning, predicting, hypothesizing, and problem solving. Those are some serious life skills right there. When we help our children develop intellectual-based skills, we aren't just readying them for kindergarten, we are readying them for life. And I do believe that there is a need for both types of learning in a preschool classroom. However, seeing that our young children are already curious beings, ready to explore the world, I also believe that intellectual learning should be the larger focus, which is exactly why I adore play-based learning. Think about it. Free play is really the best way for children to learn intellectual skills because they're using play as a vehicle in which to provide those opportunities for them to learn the reasoning, the problem solving, the trying out different solutions. If you've ever seen a child in the block center try to figure out why their tower isn't working because they put one of the smaller blocks on the bottom, 
you are seeing this in action. They are having to problem solve and try out solutions in the moment. And this is truly using some deeper level thinking skills. Or the child that's at the easel and you have provided a toothbrush to paint with in place of a paintbrush. And so now this child is having to figure out how they're going to use the tool in front of them because it doesn't work the way that a paintbrush does. So they're going to try out different ideas before they come to a solution on which way works best to use this toothbrush as a paintbrush. And those are just several examples of things we see as educators in the realm of intellectual learning when children are exploring in free play. And I encourage you to really look deeper next time your children are engaged in an activity in free play to see what kind of intellectual skills are really going on here, because I think you'll be surprised at how much is going on in those little brains as they are using play as their vehicle to learn. And while I truly believe that play is the best way for children to practice these intellectual skills, there are also other great ways to help them build these intellectual skills as well. And that's what brings us back to STEM. With STEM, there is no one right answer. Intellectual learning is definitely the focus when we look at STEM challenges. Have you ever wondered what STEM stands for? You may know that it's science, technology, engineering, and math, but what do they mean by those individual pieces? I dug a little deeper to find some easy definitions for these terms so that when you are planning a STEM challenge, you can ensure that you are hitting one or more of these areas. Science being the study of the world around us, which is pretty straightforward, but let's move to technology. In STEM learning, technology is defined as any product made by humans to meet a want or need. So technology isn't necessarily all digital like we may think when we talk about technology in other places. The E is for engineering, and this is the design process students use to solve problems. And last, the M for math, the language of numbers, shapes, and quantities. So that's the definition of STEM, but what exactly is a STEM challenge? And truly, it's just as simple as it sounds. It's a challenge or a question that you pose to students to encourage them to use those intellectual skills. So for example, we do an engineering challenge where I read the book, Five Little Pumpkins, and I provide them with materials to make their own gates and little pumpkins to see if their gates can support five little pumpkins, just like in the story. STEM challenges pair incredibly well with wonderful read-alouds. A more science-based challenge that we have done in the past is to look at how candy canes and water mix together. So I usually like to start with a prompt, and for this prompt, it was something like this. Do you know what is white, red, yummy, and shaped like a J? Yes, a candy cane. And so the smell of candy canes always makes me think of the holidays. And so I do this during the holidays. One cold night, I warmed up some hot cocoa and I put a candy cane in the mug. But after a while, the end of my candy cane was gone. Can you help me find out why? 
Then we go on and we do our experiment with our candy canes and some warm water. And we start to see what happens. And then we also can talk about wonderful vocabulary, like the word dissolving. I found that using a challenge prompt really helps draw students in and get them excited about the experiment that we're doing and kind of giving them a scenario behind it which has worked really, really well. If you want to learn more about the STEM challenges that I do with my preschoolers, you can check out the show notes at www.lovelycommotion.com slash episode nine. Thanks for joining me today. And I am wishing you lots of STEM challenges in the future. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. This helps me spread the word and help more preschool teachers just like you. Keep being lovely.